And then we're going to get rolling here so we can keep you on track. Everyone, welcome Cornell. Cornell to the party. I see Cornell walking. Hello, Cornell. All right. Well, this is our annual Festival of Carols. So we're here to play some music and read some scriptures and have some candle lightings. And uh, it's a tradition here at uh, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I know you've all been through it a fair amount of times with me and uh, the rest of uh, the people you see on stage here. We've got Matthias Chaidez. Did I say your last name correctly? All right, perf- perfect. If you remember him from Ten String Dream, uh, he's here with us this year, minus uh, uh, Ten String Dream. Uh, and he's going to be highlighted and, six of them. Yeah, <laughs> and play some special stuff for us over the offertory. So we're going to get rolling here. Uh, can you all hear me in your cars okay? Beep a little bit if you can. All right. <laughs> So uh, if you look in your bulletins, you should have lyrics to everything. We were going to take this first song out uh, this year, meaning we meaning me, and uh, a couple of the band guys um, um, threatened to um, take me out back. And And so uh, this is an arrangement that I put together a number of years ago of Angels We Have Heard on High. Get ready, because it's the one song that'll wake you up, and then we'll get all sweet and soft and ballady and <laughs> contemplative. So, angels, we have heard on high. Let's uh, let's sing together and get rolling here. The scripture says this, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. 
Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall be made level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. for joining us this morning those of you that are here those of you that are listening on the podcast i i thank you as well today's the podcast recording for december 13th 2020 it's the third week of advent that means it's uh, the the pink candle and uh, we're going to have the m's late the pink candle in a little bit um but i have a couple announcements for us as we continue in worship and i don't know about you but christmas carols are right what I need uh, just pleading together as a people uh, kind of especially that last one rejoice rejoice uh, oh come oh come we're asking in we're and it's kind of got a sad tone to it I like that anywho we got if you made mugs uh, last week or two weeks ago I don't remember when we did it Saturday this is the mug I made. It's I don't know if you can see it, but it's it's beautiful. It's glorious. And uh there's uh there's the mugs are in the fellowship hall. And so if you made a mug, it's it's done and it's ready. So make sure you pick it up. Um also this morning like like I I think I mentioned every week except the first week. The first week the bulletins smelled and I forgot to tell you to smell them. They smelled like trees, pine. It was amazing. And then second last week we we got cake because we turned 60. You guys don't look bad, right? We're at 60. Okay. And then this week, uh, we got these little bells. Uh, so make sure you get some before you leave today. Um, just our worship committee slash worship team thought it'd be good to, in this bizarre time, to get as experiential as we can. Also, notice... We got the Christmas tree rolled out. Look at that guy. What? Okay. Um, I, as I was handing out these bells, I was thinking about that Dodger game 
where they handed out baseballs and then they started to lose and everybody started throwing the baseballs at the players. <laughs> don't, don't ring the bells out of turn and don't throw them at Danny. Okay? Not that anybody would. I'm going to hand the microphone to the Miss Kathy Byrne and she's going to tell us a Christmas uh, history story. For years our church has celebrated the beginning of Advent with two or three significant events. Last week I told you how our church celebrated Christmas 60 years ago. Today I want to tell you about another event our church has celebrated during the Christmas season. Over 40 years ago, the Madsons saw an event at George's Brothers Church that they decided needed to be held here at PCC. Sandy, being the force of nature that she is, rounded up volunteers who were crafty and convinced them to set up, set up craft tables in the Fellowship Hall on the first Saturday of December, and Family Affair was born. We have managed to hold this event continuously ever since. We now have members and friends who participated in the first family affair, bringing their grandchildren, and on occasion, great-grandchildren, to our church on the first Saturday in December. That torch was eventually passed to Jeannie Johnson and then on to me. This year, however, there seemed to be obstacles, but I was sure by December those obstacles would be long gone. As summer progressed and there were still many restrictions, decisions needed to be made. Should I purchase craft materials? Should I round up volunteers? Should I reserve the date and hope everything would go back to normal by December? Should I cancel it and just assume that this would go by the wayside as so many other things have during the quarantine? Then I begin to get inquiries. Was there going to be a family affair this year? Can we still have family affair? What are we doing about family affair this year? I prayed about it and God gave me an alternative. There would be a family affair, it would just be different. Maybe even better, definitely memorable. I talked with Jeff Elston, Nora Anderson, and Pastor Jason. We all thought it could be done. As you know, it was done last week on the first Saturday of December. Yes, it was different. There was no food served. There was no visit from Santa. It was held outside in the afternoon instead of in the evening. There was only one craft, but it was a very different craft. It was a great craft. Members and friends came and painted pieces of pottery. Nora Anderson took them home, glazed them, and fired them. And today we have exciting pottery to take home in the fellowship hall. In James chapter 1, verse 12, James states, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. We have had trials this year, but we have persevered. The world may get us down sometimes, but by working together as this church has done for 60 years, we can continue to serve one another and our community as our founding members sought to do when they had the vision to start a Presbyterian church in Costa Mesa. Good morning. My name is Judy M. And I've been attending this church for about 26 years. And my name is John M. I am her husband, and I proposed to her on Christmas 21 years ago and married her in this church, and I've been coming here for a little longer than she has. Um, this is the candle of joy. Having joy includes good cheer and a vibrant happiness. But joy is, in its fuller meaning of expressing God's goodness, involves more. It is a deep-rooted, inspired happiness. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 We light this candle, the candle of joy, as a sign of the coming light of Christ. As the Lord has promised in days to come, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad the desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Let us worship the Lord who gives us our joy. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The second reading starts with Hebrews. Therefore, we must pay greater attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. 
For if the message declared through angels was valid, and every transgression or disobedience received a just penalty, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It was declared at first through the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. I'm also reading John 3.16, but I'm using that from the, the old King James Version because I think that's the way many of us remember that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.
Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
Please join me in a word of prayer. Am I on? Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, we praise you this morning. We praise you for this glorious weather. We praise you for this glorious music. We praise you for sending your one and only Son to meet each and every one of us. We confess we're not worthy. We confess we do things we're not supposed to and we don't do things that we're supposed to. I pray that you would forgive us. I'm grateful that and we're grateful that you take us as is. We don't have to clean up before we show up. We come to you. And you make us clean. I pray for our country. I pray that you would heal our land. I pray for our leaders. I pray that you'd meet them in those still quiet moments. And lead our country. I pray that you would humble us as a people as a nation and particularly as a church I know a lot of people that are hurting I'm going to give everybody here a couple minutes to lift up their concerns in silence meet with our Lord Jesus this morning As I start to think of all the people that are hurting, I could be talking to you the rest of the day, Lord. But then I think of the things that you have poured out on on me and then on us. I could be listing those even longer. You're a good, good God and so worthy of our worship. Hear us as we pray the prayer you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil, from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Now it's the part of the service where we give back a portion of what He's so abundantly blessed us with. And I wanted to give everybody here and listening on the podcast at home an update. Last week we had counters count the offering and the tithes and 32000 $878 came in. I, I, that's you, as, as a people of God, I, I continue to give thanks for your steadfast giving and willing, willingness to give monetarily and with your time and with your energy. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for, for, especially in God providing for every single one of our needs and wants. If you're at home, please mail your tithes and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here worshiping with us this morning, you can drop your offerings and tithes in the basket as you leave. Our offering is now received.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I, too, may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Excellent. Excellent. Actually, I was preaching on that passage uh, the first time I met my wife. She was uh, at the, it was at St. Andrew's Youth Group. Anyway, so that's another sermon. There's a lot of scripture. I could preach on any of these. But let's go on. Let's open our Bibles up to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. And as we're doing so, I just want to remind us that Paul read, wrote this letter. And Thessalonica was under major persecution. It, was, it, it, it could cost your life to say you followed Jesus. I'd also like to remind us this third week of Advent. Advent means the beginning or like the invention of. You know, like Advent of the Wheel. That's what I say every single time. And then this is the third week, and it's joy. And so the lectionary text is First Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm going to start in verse 16, I believe. Hold on a second. I've got a lot of paper here. There it is. Yes, verse 16, and I'm going to read through verse 24. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything, hold fast to what is good abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus the Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. This is the word of the Lord, and you respond, thanks be to God. The commentator N.T. Wright likens um, learning to live in the kingdom of God as learning a foreign language. He likens it to learning a foreign language. And in the first part of chapter 5, Paul teaches on Christian leadership. And then he moves into mutual influence of the community. But N.T. Wright says of verses 16 through 22, These are the equivalent of the little rules of grammar, the rhymes and memory aids which nudge the mind in the right direction. I don't know about you, but I'm linguistically challenged. I, I have a really hard time learning other languages. And when I was getting through seminary... Um, Note cards saved me. You know, like those memory, you put them on little note card thingies and you, you put the word or the grammar rule. I still have those grammar rules like pounded into my soul from Greek. I know the aorist endings of O, ace, a, omen, ete, usi. My, sai, tai, metha, esta, entai. Those are the endings of the middle voice and the active voice. Uh, they're just in there. 
You know, you just repeat them over and over and over until they're part of you, yet, right? Isn't it my, am I up here and nobody has ever taken a foreign language? I see some nodding. That, that really helps me. Uh, even with the hat, awesome, with the convertible Mustang. Praise the Lord. All right. So, Paul, notice he doesn't say, be joyful. I like my translation. There are some translations that says, be joyful. I think that's a, it's a misinterpretation of what Paul writes. Paul writes it in the verb form. I, we, we, we just heard Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen on the, on the violin. That's one of my favorite pieces of all time. Um, I remember one Thanksgiving when I was in Muskegon, I, pre- I preached a sermon on that song on Thanksgiving, like the Sunday right before Thanksgiving. And sometimes I remember the first Thanksgiving right after my mom died. I was not smiling. <laughs> I was not doing cartwheels. I was not going, woo! I was broken. And there's a line in that song that says, sometimes it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. That's encapsulated in what joy, what joy is. Joy isn't slap a smile on. Joy is the act of the verb. It's, it's the looking for reasons to praise God even when you're bent in, in half from what life has thrown at you. Paul is saying, memorize this. Be joyful. Get good at the habit of saying good things about God regardless of what is going on around you. He says, pray without ceasing. Talk to God. Listen for God. I was just, I've gotten in the habit every morning. I turn on the Mac Mini. I have a Mac Mini from 1983 or something. I don't know how old that thing is, but it's hooked up to our TV. And that's where I got most of my, my gems, my musical my musical gems, and I have a, a playlist called Christmas 2020. I put it together, you know, and I push play on this Mac Mini, and Silent Night was the first one that came out. And as I was listening to it, something hit me that never has hit me before. Silent Night, Holy Night. Silence and holiness linked. I heard a call from God. You need to shut up more, Jason, and listen to me. Listening to God is a crucial part of praying without ceasing. I think we're used to one-way conversations. You know, who's, who's been in a conversation where you're like, I wonder if they're going to ask me how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just talk at you, you know? And I feel like that's probably what God feels like with me anyway. I don't know if I, about any of y'all, but I know I'm talking at him all the time, like blah, 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 blah. He's probably thinking, hey, when are you, you going to be quiet and just listen for me? But pray without ceasing. If you ever want to, I don't have time now, but pick up the book by Brother Lawrence. And it's, all, it's a really thin book, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. And it's this Catholic dude, and he took seriously this command, pray without ceasing. And he said, I'm set out on spending every moment of every day with God. And he gives a really good game plan. So read that, pray without ceasing. Boom. I, I like this one commentator translated, don't quench the spirit, with don't put the fire out. Don't put the fire out. The fire of the spirit is contagious. I think a lot of times, even especially as Presbyterians, we're guilty of this. The spirit starts letting loose and we're like, boom, stomp it out. Don't put it out. The Holy Spirit is alive and active. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of each of us. 
When the Spirit is calling you to do something, do it. Let it flow, you know? But notice right after that, he says, but you got to test everything too. The one commentator, that his name's, last name's Holmes. Holmes. Sup, Holmes? Anyway, there's a double responsibility in these verses. Not to quench anything that is genuinely of the Spirit and not to attribute anything false to the Spirit. And he goes on to say, test everything, everything with Scripture. Once again, open your Bibles, people. Then there's a section break. In verses 23 and 24 is the first half of his closing words to the people of Thessalonica. And he starts with, May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. I'm wearing Doc Martens this morning. I bought them at a thrift store called Savers. It's a very good thrift store. I've ran into Bob Rathmuson there, so I know he knows of the secret of the Savers. But I, I bought these things for like 10 bucks, but they were all scuffed on the toes. And I happen to know a leather worker. His name is Mark Lackey. I don't know his middle name, otherwise I would have said it. But look at these things. They look like brand new boots. I paid $10 for them. I took them to his leather shop. And, but he made me do it. But this is, where, this is my point. He tells me there's this stain stuff. It was invented in 1863. Is that right, Mark? Honk your horn if that's right. Maybe he's at the restroom. I don't know where Mark Lackey is. His, his car's back there. But It's 1863, 1864. 53? Okay, 1853. That's why he didn't hawk. Okay, 1853. I was off by a decade. That's pretty close for Jason right there. You know, I, I don't know about if you met me, but I'm really bad with numbers. And I, there's 2,000 people here, right? Okay. Uh, and so we, we're at 1853. And you just, you rub it, you like you paint it on like with a paintbrush. And it goes into the core. And you can put your finger on it like five minutes after. It's, it's, it's in there. Malia, my wife, she consistently... She started doing this a couple years ago. When she feels like everything's kind of chaotic, she just stands. It doesn't matter if she's in the mall. It doesn't matter if she's in the supermarket. It doesn't matter if she's in our living room and I'm telling her too much stuff. She'll go like this. She'll take both hands with her fists and just center herself and just say, God be here. Paul is saying, may, may God's peace Be in your spirit, your soul, your, your, your mind. And pause and receive that for a second. A couple thousand years later, you know, we're out here singing Christmas carols out on the grass. And that same God, that same spirit is right here and God is asking that same God he's asking to the Thessalonican people, Thessalonians, he's asking it for us. And then he reminds us, and this is why this is an Advent text. And this retroactively gives all those grammar rules a reason, a motive. You know? Why go through the effort of learning to live in the kingdom. Why rejoice always? Why pray without ceasing? Why do the double responsibility of not quenching and testing the she fire, the spirit? Why? For the Lord is coming back. Once again, POD. I'm quoting POD. There's an early song. What, what, he's coming back. He's coming back for me and you. He starts screaming. I, I don't know if you ever get the chance of seeing Pable on death, POD, live. Do it. It doesn't matter how much the price 
it's worth it. He'll get up in your face and he'll scream, He's coming back! He's coming back for me and you! He's coming back, Potch! For you! For me! If it was just you, Potch, he'd roll in on those clouds of thunder and he'd be like, What's up? Boom! I'm back for Potsy. I'm back for Jason. I'm back for Johnny. I'm back for Kim. I'm back for... Fill in your name. Sorry to yell. My wife always says, stop yelling. You sound angry. I'm not angry. I'm really excited. Anyway, he's coming back for me and you. And then he doubles down. He gives us even more motive. Why do all this stuff? He will keep you to the end. He's going to... I think of those times that my son or my daughter has been in danger and I grab hold of him. And you'd have to shoot me to pull me away from them. Have to take me off them. You know, you'd have to kill me in order to get them out of my arms he's keeping each of us this should be our motto this should be our motto like as followers of Jesus during this COVID-19 time he's going to keep me through this God will keep us to the end on March 13th Nine months ago, today, at about 6 o'clock in the evening, maybe it was 8, I think it was a late meeting, our session rolled into this sanctuary. And with broken hearts and and kind of a little bit of a afraid, I don't know if we're going to, what's this going to look like? We suspended gathering together inside. These words are to that crew and to us this morning. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I remember I watched that uh, documentary about when Natalie Wood mysteriously died off of Catalina. Do you remember that? There's there's all this documentary because it was all fishy. They don't know if maybe Robert Wagner pushed her in or I don't know Christopher Walken maybe I don't know there were three people on the boat and then there were two people on the boat and one of them was Natalie Wood and then she she died like nobody knew what the heck happened the takeaway the part that I want to mention this morning is the moment that Robert Wagner found out that she had died she gathered he gathered together all of his family in their house at Beverly Hills and he held them all And he said, it's going to be all right. And I was thinking back to when my mom died. I wish somebody had said that. I wish somebody would reach out and hug me, even through this COVID-19, and say, it's all going to be all right. And we need to be that for one another. Those people that you can hug in your life, hug them. By the end of the day and say, it's going to be all right. God's going to keep us to the end. How do we apply that? God will keep you to the end. You just repeat it. You just say it over and over. That should become our motto. God will keep you to the end, Maddie. God will keep you to the end, Dan. Another application that pops off the page. Actively learn how to live in the kingdom of God as you meditate on the truth that he's coming back. Rejoice. Talk to God constantly. No, really. All the time. I have a friend, Barry Martinez. He always says, get out of here. No, no, really, get out of here. <laughs> you know, he, he does that joke all the time. I put that in there just because I, I wanted to be a little light right here at the end because I've been real heavy and kind of yelly. But talk to God constantly. No, no, really. Talk to him constantly. Listen for his still small voice. Don't put the Holy Spirit out. Test the Holy Spirit. Let's continue in worship.
joy to the world. Let's uh, thank the band and thank for our guest, Matthias. <laughs> awesome. Make sure you grab your Christmas mug or the mug that you made on the way out of the Fellowship Hall. I also forgot to announce on Christmas Eve, we'll have a 3 o'clock service and we'll run through the regular stuff. And then we'll have an unplugged service at 7, which means there's no sound. We're just going to sing a couple Christmas carols. And my buddy Mike Decker, uh, pastor of Palm Harvest, He's going to be here with uh, his worship leader, Beto. He'll be leading us in some carols. I've been telling everybody he's Brazilian. He's not Brazilian. He's from Mexico. So if I've told you he's Brazilian, he's not Brazilian. He's actually from Mexico. He's a really cool dude, though. And so make, make sure if you, if you feel safe and you feel uh, comfortable, please show up to one of those services. Um, also, I'm grateful to God for each of you. I haven't said it in a couple of weeks, but I'm really glad you're here. And anybody on the podcast, I'm really glad you tune in and, and listen. Um, but now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. I'll see you next week, I hope.